snorts. Snorts. Yes, it's sneakers and sports combined. My name is Jasmine. I have L. Yep, and this is our show. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, like I'm not the most energetic, but you get the point. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be talking sneakers, sports. This isn't gonna be like a corporate based show or a politically correct show. I'm anybody who has listened to my show, Hartley Adulting, or his show, uh, X, XYZ. the XYZ, um, both under Pam Studios. Uh, I, that's another conversation, but um, <laughs> anyone who listens to Harley Dalton knows I'm not politically correct in any room, shape, or form. So, um, this isn't, if you're looking for political correctness, this is not where you're going to find it. We're going to be talking basically news, hot takes in the sneaker, in the sneaker world, which is a crazy world. It's crazier than people may think in the sports world. So, you want to talk about yourself? About myself? Uh, sure. Um, I'm an avid basketball fan. I'm an avid sneakerhead, not a hype beast. Um, I've been buying and collecting shoes since, let's say, probably like 15, 16. That's when I kind of feel like, well, I've been into shoes since I was like 10. But 15, 16 is when I'm actually buying shoes with my own money. So, and again, like an avid basketball fan. My team is the Knicks. I'm a... Just now, well, let's say I've been a Knicks fan for like three years now because my dad's been a Knicks fan. And so they've been winning. What? More. Well, this year, yeah. Yeah, they've been winning more. Even though I kind of wanted to lose. Oh, okay. Because it's like, all right, this now this is going <laughs> on another side topic. Because when you look at the free agency right now, uh-huh. there's nobody worth anything. Big Dole Debo's going to stay in Miami. Chris Paul's not coming to New York. Kawhi's not coming to New York. So it was literally like two players I could see as possibly getting as Andre Drummond and Lonzo Ball. But I don't know. Because if Andre Drummond, let's say the Lakers win a championship with Andre Drummond, is he going to decide to stay with them or is he going to try to go to another contender? Okay. Who knows? Even Lonzo Ball, the Pelicans have the option to match his contract. So even let's say we offer him $20 million for four years, they can say, all right, we'll match that or give you $21 million for four years. So it's kind of those, those things are still kind of uncertain. So I feel like when you look at the roster on the team that we have, they're trash. The players are not that good. It's only like most of the players are fringe start, not even starters. Most of them are bench players, G League players, in my opinion. Right. So it's like I kind of want us to just start losing games and so we can get a high draft pick. Because this season, we exceeded expectations. We're going to be with Minnesota Timberwolves right. supposed to be at. We exceeded expectations this season. So in my mind, it's like, bro, it was cool. Let the young players go out there, get their experience, and let's just get up. Let's hope for a high draft pick. Okay. That's all mine. Well, he's a Knicks fan. I'm a Lakers fan. I was a Lakers yeah, fan Lakers. pre pre LeBron. Um, I was a Lakers fan when Luke Walton was the coach. Um, so wait a minute, you like, see him like I'm doing the Kobe years? I did, but I'm just putting into oh, context. No, I I, I've, yeah, I, I've been a fan. When Luke, if you was a fan when Luke Walton was the coach, then that's when I had Nick Young, right? <laughs> D'Angelo, Jordan Clark, yeah, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. We had D'Angelo Russell, Jared, yeah, Julius Randle. Yes, we, we 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 had we was we was bad. We was, and Kobe was still playing them. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was that was those those final Mamba years, man. right? So it, you know, I've been through thick and thin with the Lakers. Uh, 
When did he start being a Lakers fan? I would say when they won their last championship against the um, the Celtics. Celtics. Oh, okay. Oh, so damn, he wasn't a Lakers fan during the Shaq and Kobe years. I was, I was more so AI. Oh, same here. Damn, was, see, we got that in common. That was the early 2000s. That was, that was my man. AI, yeah, AI caught my attention yeah, that during that guy. time. Like, I knew Kobe and Shaq, mm. and like when the, the 76ers and the Lakers met in the playoffs, that was like prime time. Yep. But I was still AI mm-hmm. until he started <laughs> doing fuck shit. And then <laughs> he got traded to the Nuggets. I didn't even know this nigga was playing for the Nuggets at one point. Yeah, he got traded. Yeah, and then he was with the Pistons, and then he went overseas and some other stuff. So well, he left the Pistons. They waived him. The Grizzlies were going to sign him, but he was going to fuck shit too much. And he was like, nah, I'm not coming off the bench. So they was like, well, we don't want you then. Right. So that's when he went to Turkey and played a little bit. Right. Came back and played for Philly for a little bit. But then some personal issues happened. He just retired. Right. So, yeah, I was AI. Early 2000s was AI driven and heavy for me. Yeah. Um, And so, that yeah, when the Celtics... Lost to that game against the the Lakers and the Celtics. That mm-hmm. finals really did it for me. Okay, so I know for me it was AI. Then so two thousand and three, and that's when King James stepped on the scene. Oh my God! If my cousin was here, shout out to DJ, he would tell you how much of a LeBron dick eater I was back then. <laughs> oh my God! Pause that. Oh, I was a LeBron fan. Still am a fan, but now I guess I'm starting to realize he's about to retire soon. So it's kind of like, all right, I need to just pick a team. I'm kind of tired of following players. Right. Because it just felt, I don't know, it felt like him, especially with LeBron team hopping these last couple of seasons. It was like, eh, I don't want to have, I have a Lakers jersey. Now I get a, a, a Miami Heat right. jersey, two Cleveland jerseys. Like, yeah. So I said I just started rocking with the Knicks. But I was a LeBron fan, man. I bought the guy shoes, bought the guy jersey, spent $200 to see him. <laughs> play like shit on the court for two games. So. Oh wow! Yeah, that's when he was on the Lakers. I saw. Oh okay. Watching him play, he played like trash. Two hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleed. Gotcha. Play like trash. Oh wow. So yeah. But yeah, um, as far as like football, I like I like Indianapolis, and the I like them when yeah when Peyton Manning was still there. Um, so I've been with them through thick and thin too. When we had a forty-five year old quarterback. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I like to stick through with my teams. As far as baseball, I do follow the Yankees, which is funny. You don't like no Baltimore teams, huh? I'm not a Baltimore team fan. Are you from Baltimore? I am, but I've I've just never been attracted to What is it? Is, is it that I, when everybody go right, I got to go left type thing? No, not even. Like, if... Okay, so here's the thing, and this may seem shallow, but I like teams that win. Oh. And the the, Lakers, but the Lakers have been good, though. They are, but the Lakers didn't win for a long time. But I knew that, one, the the son that was in front office was horrible. Jeannie's in front office now. She runs the team. And it's a clear day-to-day difference. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I like teams that win. And for me, Baltimore teams just didn't well, really The win. Ravens, though. Yeah, they win. They've won two, what, two Super, Super Bowls? They won more than the Colts. They have. But it was just something about that Peyton Manning era with the Indianapolis Colts that I stick. I stole. Football is now kind of a quarterback-driven league. So usually when you hear a lot of people be fans, are fans of teams usually because of the quarterback. And Baltimore's never had a standout quarterback. Right. Because I definitely wasn't going to fall in love with Joe Flacco. 
or Kyle Bola. And if oh, you remember God, Kyle Bola, oh, then God, then terrible. that that's that's throwback Ravens for that you. Kyle Bola's throwback Ravens. Trent Dilfer is really throwback. I still don't understand why they didn't keep him. Because my cousin is, a, is an avid Ravens fan. He always said, I don't get it. He was like, because Troy Different was like, he didn't fuck up. He wasn't the greatest quarterback. Yeah, that's what my state. dad said. He wasn't that good. He just got lucky sometimes. That's how he put it. But, but Kyle Buller was trash. Kyle, and, and he was <laughs> he, was, he was Ryan Billick's like son, yeah, was, pretty much. Yeah, so, that's why he got the job. Right. So, you know, Brian kept them for so long. So you knew when they got rid of Brian. It was a wrap. It was a wrap. They had Steve Steve McNair for a little bit. Yeah, and that was and they won. They were winning. Yeah. And then um, when they got Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, and then I can't remember their coach, the new coach, uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Those two actually worked well in the beginning together. I don't know what happened. Well, what happened? Like it always happens in every sport. Similarly, you probably understand this as a Lakers fan. When you have a piece or a player like that, and then a lot of other players retire, you tend to oh, overpay right. them. So what happened was once Ray Lewis and Ed Reed left, it was just like, all right, Joe Flacco, here's the bag. Right. And it just, they suck. Right. No, yeah. you're right. Um, I forgot that all of the key pieces had retired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, or got traded. Yeah. I know if the second Super Bowl, they got traded. Because every, no, did every, I think every retired. Every, every retired. Ray Lewis retired. Antoine Bolden got traded. Yeah. Um, and Torrey Smith got traded. What, who he played for now? Is he played Torrey for? Smith retired. Damn. He didn't play that long. He had a, a 10 year career. Yeah, yeah. That's good for, for football. Yeah, football. Your last Basically, on what, you know, the wear and tear on your body, your mind, all that type of shit. Yeah. And he decided to walk away. Just like, it pains me that Andrew Luck decided to retire so early, but I understand why. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough about us. Yeah, let's get to the, the, the nitty gritty. Right, we're about to get to the nitty gritty. So every week we will have a segment called Copper Pass. I'm still trying to think of different, uh, better words for that, but for this week it'll be Copper Pass. And basically we go through the shoe releases for the week, the more hype beast possible type shoe releases. Shoe releases. And let y'all know whether we will cop it or pass. So, first shoe. The first shoe is the Yeezy 500 High. Uh, pass. I'm a pa- I, I like the five. I like the low 500. Same here. I don't, like, I don't like the high 500s. It looks like a basketball shoe. It looks like it's supposed to be a basketball shoe. But it's not. It's just a high top version. Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, a little sneaky info, the sole is off of an old Kobe Bryant Adidas shoe. I think it was the KB24. No, no, not KB24. KB, KB82 that sole that they used. Is it the Crazy 8? No, not the Crazy 8. The sole they use is from an old Kobe Bryant basketball shoe. It's not okay. the Crazy 8. I can't remember the name now, but it's like an old basketball. I think it's KB82 or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that's just a random thought. It's well, that's that's a random fact that I didn't know. So <laughs> I'm sure people listening won't know about it either. So, you know. They probably can care less. Every, you know, no, some a, people it's Adidas. really do be interested in stuff like that. Though. Like the whole construction of the Air Yeezy is a bunch of different shoes yeah, that people don't like, know. Like, like the Tech Challengers, the Bo, one of the pair of the Bo Jacksons. I think it's the Trainer SC2, I want to say. Uh, 
The funny thing is, I don't think there's a lot of threes in there. I don't think there's a lot of Jordan in that shoe, actually, now I think about it. Maybe in the one. I think the one may have it. I can't remember, but I don't think the two has it. Don't have a Jordan at all. I know it has the Tech Challenges for sure, and it has uh, Bo Jackson on there. But we'll be dropping little facts, random facts and stuff like that from time to time. So, yeah, we both want to pass on the Yeezy 500 high. I mean, if it's your thing, high top shoes are, like, becoming a thing that I didn't know was popular outside of really? basketball. What is hot top, like casual shoes? Like, just regular casual sneakers. I, I mean, fashion is ever-changing, so. Yeah. yeah, I'm old now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, the Griffies, two Griffy releases come out. The regular, the classic Varsity color, and the Jackie Robinson pair. So, I don't want to say pass, but I'm not going to buy them because... For one, I don't have a lot of space, so I have to be very selective in what I get. But that's a dope shoe. The, the Jackie Robinson is kind of boring. I, it is. I, it's I, just I, a black shoe. I took my shoe. hat off for like the homage, and it's around baseball season, so I get it. But just black and white, black and white shoes to me in general is kind of blah. But that royal colorway with the white blue or the white royal blue and a hint of like lime right. green. That's fine. I think that Gorfies, because they're being hyped up more. This time around, although it's an old shoe, we all know it's an old shoe, I think that just because there's a hype behind them now, a little bit more than they were, they're going to sell out quicker. Well, That's my opinion. I don't really think it's a hype. I don't know. See, Nike does this thing where I feel like, I think we're in an era, and, I, and this is why my biggest gripe with Nike now, where things are manufactured hype. It's not just general hype or organic hype. Remember the 97 came back out? Right. Like, what, 2016? Oh, yes, and it was... But that was so just organic hype. It wasn't, oh, we're right. going to release five pairs and buy people buy them up to get y'all to think that people want the shoe, which is like, all right, we're No, this just, yeah, it's, it's a fan hype. So yeah, it's like it just, people are just happy that the shoe coming back out. People were just on it, which right. is crazy because 97s never sold that way. Exactly, so I know. So when they brought them back out, it was just like everybody hopped on it and just they started selling crazy. They're just like, what is this about? Yeah, now they got 511 colorways in 97. Yeah. They're still buying them. <laughs> they are. I, I, got a, I got the gold, the gold pair. Um, and like, I w- that was the first time I like ever... I guess you can say camped out for a shoe. Really? Um, yeah. So I went to Mondawmin the day they came out. I was there early. So mm-hmm. luckily they were letting people in still into the mall. So I got there before the store opened. Okay. And so the guy was like, what, y'all, what you here for? I was like, I'm waiting for the 97s. He was like, all right. Then he was like, all right, y'all going to have to come back because we didn't get them yet. As soon as he said that, he was like, never mind. They had just got a shipment. They yeah. only had a nine and a half. What you get? What store you get from? Detail Bar? Shoe City. Shoe City. Um, they only had nine and a half. Like, they really only had half sizes, though. So, I had to get a nine and a half, and I wear nine. But, the, everyone everyone that was there got a pair. Yeah. They were sold out. So, like, stuff like that is cool. But, like, now, with the dunk, the new resurgence of the dunk. It yeah, I hate, like, I hate that. I feel like it's just manufacturer hype. So, I feel like what they're doing, because they did it with the Barclays, too. Because when they released the, old, the Barclay one, and they made it super limited, made it kind of hard to get. So, when people bought them out... It was just like, it made people think, oh, this shoe popular now. And it really isn't. It's just kind of what Nike does. Because they do it with a lot of LeBron records. Right. So, You're right. So it's sad to say it will, it will sell out. But it's it's like one of those things. Is it selling out because people really want it? Because you do have those fans. I've worked in, I work at a, been working at a shoe store most of my life. So I, I know there are people that just 
from the first Bo Jacksons, um, when they come up with an actual good colorway in the phone posits, retro a penny, um, a Griffey or a Barkley, they always sell out. That's just what it is. That's you always sell. Or like the up tempo, the air up tempo. Right. So. But I don't know. But yeah, if I had the space, that would be a buy. I would buy that too. Well, I would buy the uh, the Royal and Bolt. Okay. And so then I'd skip on the black and white one. That's trash. Yeah, that's that's, that's just easy. a generic. Yeah. Um, the LeBron Eight Hardwood Classics. Buy. That's buy right there. I would I would cop them. I'm copping those. I lo- I like the LeBron Eight line. Yeah, I love it. All yeah, right, that now. that line was arguably one of the better lines. That's that's the shoe. No, the seven started it, but between LeBron seven to LeBron ten, that was like his peak. Yeah. Now it's this man. But <laughs> right. between seven to ten, that was his peak shoe. And the LeBron eight, that colorway I have to get. I want the South Beach colorway. I don't think I'm gonna get the South Beach colorway, but uh, getting that, I'm gonna try to get. I'm definitely getting that colorway. Okay. Then we that's have nice. the Yeezy seven hundred. Boost bright blue. These have the orange sole and they're so, blue at the top. I'm passing, but I know that that's going to be a sold out cop. Because it's like it, it resembles the wave runner. Yeah. I actually don't like. I actually don't mind the shoe. I, I don't like it. that colorway. I like the 700s, as you see. Um, you just don't like that colorway. I just don't like that. I don't color. mind the colorway. We gotta think of a middle ground. We can't just have buy and skip or buy and pass. It gotta be something. Well, really I cool. mean, it could be. I don't want to be copying off of other. Species. No, I get it. That's why I say I'm still working out the segment, but. I don't know, 50 50. Like, I'm not paying. How much it costs? 230? Like 250. I'm not paying 250 for that shit, but I don't mind it. I think it was a situation if. If I have, like, if I. I don't even think it's 250. I think it's 290. I think they're closer to 300. They're usually 700. I thought they dropped the price, though. I thought they dropped oh, the they price. Oh, they dropped the price? they dropped the price. Shit. Oh. I think it's like two thirty. Let me see. I got to confirm that they might have it on here. Well, anyway, I like the Easy Seven Hundred line. I just don't like the latest colors that they've been releasing. I don't mind this colorway, but I probably won't buy it, so I'd probably be a pass. And this is the V One. Colors, I'll just acknowledge. This is the first, the V One. Yeah, mm-hmm. this isn't the V Three or the V Two. This is the original. On the side note, the V Two is such. I don't like the V2. The V2 was a very much so a disappointment. Yeah, like like it was like, so what what's going on here? I don't I don't get and the opera. I don't understand and I don't understand the transition from V1 to V3. Because it looks nothing alike. They look nothing alike. To be but, honest, the, the the V3 should have been like a quantum low, in my opinion. You're right. I, I can see that, but that's the mind of Kanye West. Yeah, he's all over the place. And um yes, he's all over the place. Uh we can throw in uh, oh, then, oh, wait. Lastly, we have the answers for. That's a pass. That's not pass. That's a buy. I'm buying that. Okay. I'm buying that for sure. We, I'm rocking with the, the zipper on the zipper unzipping. With uh-huh. the, I'm rocking just like, yeah, I'm buying that. We, we, we're going to get into a deeper conversation about Alan Iverson's shoe, the AIs, the, the, the answers and the questions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The questions are first shoe, but after that, the question was the first one after that is all answers. We we going to get into that topic because Allen had a very dope signature line that doesn't get talked about as much as it should, um, especially during a time where Reebok really wasn't the powerhouse. Um, it was still Nike very much so, although they didn't have, like you said, they didn't have really a lot of big names. A lot of big it names. Kinda, it, I feel like in that era, that late nineties, well, 
when the question first came out, it was still Jordan. Jordan was still relevant. Because the question came out in 96, 96, 97. So Jordan was still relevant. But once Jordan retired, it essentially the league didn't really have a face or they didn't have a face that the NBA would approve of. Because you can kind of argue and say the face in the late 90s, early 2000s was Allen Iverson. Right. Because like I said earlier, um, that's when like NBA and hip-hop kind of really meshed and immersed themselves together. And Allen Iverson essentially was the icon of basketball and hip-hop. He played street ball. He dressed like he came to the court or came to the game right off the street wearing baggy clothes, jerseys, jewelry, stuff like that. He essentially was like the a trend center for that moment. So with his line, like what we said, it doesn't get a lot. I feel like it does. I feel like Reebok has done a poor job of handling his line when it comes to retro. No, they have. Granted, Reebok has taken care of Allen Iverson. Yeah. Because financially, life, yeah, his life off the off the court is a mess. Yes. And Reebok made sure that they was like, all right, we know how he's going to act, so let's put a little bit of money to the side for him to make sure he's good. But I just feel like when it comes to his releases. It's like they just kind of play it safe. And granted, you have to also understand, Reebok is owned by Adidas. Right. Uh, I'm an Adidas fanatic. But But they weren't always owned by Adidas. That's the thing. So it's like even... And the thing about them being owned by Adidas is that Adidas still allows them their their brand autonomy. It's just like they just don't know how... I don't think they know how to market their basketball shoes. Their retros. Well, I... I don't know because Reebok. I because like, some of them questions be having some wild colorways that just sit. Yeah, like we got some at the store, like the Halloween. Yeah. Like they have, they have a uh, one colorway. Uh, what else they had? Like, what was one color they had? I didn't like, um, actually, the colorway is not bad. It was supposed to be like a reference to that old away color, old away jersey that Philadelphia had. Yeah, I know which the one black, you're talking about. The satin yeah, black. yeah, they had a colorway in the store. It sits. I don't know, because it's like Reebok is so up and down with it. Because I remember when Rick Ross and them signed to it, okay, and like Swiss Beats and all them, they were moving Reeboks then. They were doing really well. Right, they don't know how to market, so... I don't, it's like they... I don't, I don't want to say they don't know how to market, it's just, they're just inconsistent. Because one moment they'll do good, and one moment they'll just be like, yeah. It's like they're trying to... I feel like the brand themselves is trying to figure out what they want to be. Yeah, so, but this is the thing, and this is a whole nother topic for another day, is their Cardi B shoe sells out. Sold out. I hear it's one of the most uncomfortable shoes ever, but it sold out. The first release sold mm-hmm. out. And really, I think what brands have to understand is people are more interested in celebrity, the pop culture are. collaborations than they are athlete collaborations. So don't be out here making uh, a tropical breeze or whatever colorway for the questions that's just going to sit. Get when Tiana Taylor had hers, they sold. Shit, the currency ones was fire. They sold. Right. I wanted those. I'm mad at anybody. Though. So it's they like camera. But see, that's why it's weird because it's like you'll see moments. They just I don't know. They're just inconsistent. I don't know. They're just inconsistent. They come up with some colorways. It's just like uh, the, cl- the the classic colorways sell. They always sell. They always want to sell the the blue, the navies, and the reds. Yeah. Whether it's leather or suede, it's they need always to bring out the blue ones. I didn't. They haven't bought those out in a while. But yeah. I, I got a pair sitting in my closet. Like, I bought that shoe. I was like, because I don't know when it's going to come back out, but I'm going to buy it. But, like, those colorways, the Georgetown colorways, so. That was a good colorway. The, the, the Laker, the... the uh, even, like, even with that, because they, when they had that color, I remember when they announced it last year, and... That's set, though. 
What? Which one? Oh, well, the pack of shoe collaboration set. Oh yeah, that's that. But but now you can't find them nowhere. They hard to get because that's when they had the Kobe twenty four and yeah. the LeBron twenty three yeah. one. I know you're talking about. Because I was gonna get the LeBron one, but like even when they released a, a a homage to Kobe Bryant last year, they was gonna release it. They got scared and didn't release it, which I'm like, but Nike releasing Kobe like there's right. nothing. So just release the shoe. Like just I don't I don't know I don't it's just it is so hot and cold. It is so hit and miss at times. The good thing I like about Although it doesn't really mean much, but it it uh, I don't know how much it means. But with the Kobe, Vanessa's still very involved with the yeah. releases of that. So I think her goal of making sure people who want them can mm. get them will help the consumer. Yeah. Fuck Nike, because I don't think she really gives a fuck. But I yeah. think she wants the fact that if people want a pair of Kobe's, they should be able to get a pair of Kobe's. Not just because, you know, they shouldn't be bought out or should be limited because he's dead. Like, that wasn't how it was when he was alive. No. Certain colorways, cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, the undefeated pack, that makes sense. But when you had, like, the four, when the four came out when he was still alive, you could go in the Foot Locker and just buy a pair. It wasn't that difficult. Right. And this is after he retired and started retro. I remember my buddy, he got the Kobe one. We bought that shit for $60. Yeah, no one, <laughs> there are some Kobe's that no one's going to care about. But the Kobe eights, four, four, five, eight, because six is like fifty. Yeah, 50. six, six is 50, 50. To, Six started. That's when the line started to kind of uh, kind of fall down because mm-hmm. the seven was a dud. But the Kobe five, it's a Kobe five. So yeah, that's the that's probably arguably like his best shoe. Yeah, five and the four. Yeah, so because uh, I only reference that because the Grinches came out mm-hmm. and they sold out in then, seconds. But then part of me always wonder, is that because people really wanted them or Nike made them super But that's the thing. And so when Vanessa made the post saying, like, I understand, I'm, you know, I see that people want them and can't get them. I'm working on getting more. So I don't know what happened with that. But it's good to see, though, that she's involved. She's putting some type of effort, but it ain't going to happen. Nike's going to be Nike. It is what it is. Right. It's what it is, sadly. You're right. So, uh, what else? What else comes out this um, week? Because I think some some Jordan ones come out. Nope, not this week. That no. wasn't on the list. I thought they come on the 17th. The Hyper Royal. Then they come on the 17th. Let's research that. But that takes us into the. I'm gonna buy those to try to flip them. That's all. That's my main goal. They can hate me on this channel. I'm not a full time reseller, but. If I know it's a shoe that people are going to be willing to spend four or five hundred dollars on, I'm gonna try my hand to get it just to flip it. So hopefully, Benjamins can fall in my lap. They come out, and I like these. Yep, they came out Saturday. Yeah, so I'm hope hopefully I can get a pair. Hmm. If you, we may have to talk. <laughs> about that, because I actually like these, and I'm not a big Jordan fan. But I just like ones though. I do like ones. I like them too, but I was I already saw the prices on StockX. I was like, bet this is an easy four or five hundred. That is an easy four or five hundred. Um, but that takes us into our actual topics for the day. And our first topic is the Nike versus Little Nas X. Mm. Now, if you aren't familiar with this, Little Nas X is a a troll. It's a troll, but he's also a rapper. Um, and he had a very controversial controversial video um, for his song Call Me By My Name, Montero, which is actually his first name. Um, And he 
collaborated with uh what is it mischief or mischief it's, it's, it's mischief yeah mischief um they are a brand that basically personalizes in a in a in a very simple form they personalize shoes but they do it in a very collaborative you know creative fashionable fashion forward type way they had the jesus sneaker which supposedly had like an ounce of half holy, an ounce of holy water. holy water in the the nike bubble um last year was it last year or the year before that no was, one talked about? Ago. It was actually a while ago. That no one talked about. No one even knew the shoe was really out. Like, unless you follow sneakers, that's how you knew the shoe was, was yeah. coming out. I saw it and it was like $1,000. Oh, that, I think it was more than that, actually. I think it was like five bands or something. Yeah, it, they was, it was a dumb, expensive shoe, but people bought them. So then, you have Little Nas X. And to go along with the video, where people believe that he's worshiping satan and all the same satanic shit <sighs> but i digress <laughs> um because <laughs> it's really not that deep but um, oh okay but they created a shoe um it's 600 it was 60 666 of them um it it had red full coloring but it apparently had like one cc which is if if you don't know CCs, you can barely see it <laughs> of human blood. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh my gosh, this shoe is promoting devil worshiping. This shoe is the Illuminati. This shoe is worshiping God, you know, the devil. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Nike is behind this. Nike was never behind it. They sold the shoe for 1500 Yeah. It was something like that. It was some outrageous number that they sold out basically in minutes when it when it went uh, when it dropped. And so, because people were coming at Nike and kept coming at Nike after Nike said we have nothing to do with this shoe, Nike decided, oh, we're gonna follow uh, file uh, a, a lawsuit and a restraining order to prevent the product from being sold any further or shipped. Well, they had already been shipped. By the time the lawsuit came. So they only had one shoe left, which was the 666th pair, but they kept them because they wanted to raffle them anyway. Mm -hmm. So they, so Nike really wasn't halting or stopping nothing. Just want to let y'all know, Nike really didn't give a fuck. They only said something because people were coming, right, because people were coming at them. Figured that they released the shoe. Right. And this is how I know they didn't really give a fuck because they settled. They won't. No one knows the details of the settlement, but they settled with well with mischief. We can all probably guess what that meant. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think that means? I think that they probably was like, all right, well, split the cost. Yeah, the, we'll take, we'll take, we'll get, give us a percentage of the profits. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That that's primarily probably what the, the settlement was. And the guy was probably like, all right, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. The shoe's already out. Yeah. Like, the brand is already going to be known. Lil Nas X song already went number one. Like, no to one... To be honest, the funny, the funny thing about this, is, it is funny how, like, this is like, how society is now with that. In a sense, you kind of play into Lil Nas X's, like, whole plan. Yeah. Because, to be honest, like we talked about in the XYZ podcast, nobody was looking for Lil Nas X. He was just... Yeah, he, I remember he dropped one little Christmas song and it kind of came and went. And right. Everybody forgot about him. 
they drop this in the shoe, it's like people being outraged and being upset. You kind of made him more relevant, right. relevant now. So it's like people paying attention to him. Whereas before, if, if if he had released the shoe in the song and everybody just kind of was like, oh, okay, it moved on, it was just with a, a, a pretty much a little fizzle in the pan and life would have moved on or whatever. But the fact that people complained about it, the Nike got involved, so now you're kind of putting him in a more in a higher pedestal. It's crazy. Right. All you had to really do was just ignore it and keep right. it moving. Right. Um. So, you know, and the company itself actually made, <laughs> apparently in an article, uh, it said that the company said, well, we made a Jesus shoe and no one said, and Nike didn't say anything about that, but we make this shoe and now here they come. Um, but nonetheless, it's over and done with. Just know that <laughs> shoes like that are created to cause controversy, controversy because there's also a end goal yeah. tied to it and that end goal was for his song to go number one yep because you see the shoe <laughs> and you hear about people complaining about the video what you're gonna do you're gonna watch, watch the video it. yep and you're gonna go research the shoe yep and really if you only in the sneakers it's the only reason why you probably would buy it just because it's a hype behind it and you're probably gonna be one of 600 and you know you're one of 665 people with the shoe or you a golf person and just wanna walk right. around with the little What's that, what's that star called? The demonic, I don't know what it's called. Star David or something? Nah, no, it's not the Star David. David. Well, let me start. I know, I know it's not the Star David. It's like, as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, I'm wrong. That's so wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I don't know what it is. That, that if, there are any, if there are any Jewish people watching, listening, we're sorry. That was a mistake. Yeah, that, that was, was an honest a... mistake. That was an honest, that was an honest mistake. That was an honest mistake. But uh, with Nike, though, you know, Nike has, they do have their own actual collaborations. And they have their own signature shoes, and their what first signature shoe was the Jordan One. Mm -hmm. So people was wearing the Jordan One, Jordans period, during Jordan era mm -hmm. because Jordan was wearing them. Yeah, and they were coming out, you know, left and right. Left and right. So Jordan's no longer playing, but you got LeBron. You know, he, he's under Nike with his signature. He's the next big brand under Nike with his signature signature shoe. Mm -hmm. but then you have the company Adidas. Adidas has celebrity collaborations. Kanye, Yeezy, is the most popular one mm -hmm. under Adidas. So, as you pointed out, there was an article that talked about how... Kanye and Jordan Brown are closer than what people think they are. Right. So, would you like to go more into that? Yeah, um, I agree with it now when you think about it, because today's era... Unless you're a guy from like that was born in 1970 or 1980, your reason to wear Jordans is a little bit different. But I feel like any kid that's born, let's say, 96, 97 or later, their relationship with Michael, the Jordan brand is completely different because they're not wearing the shoes because Jordan was great. They're wearing the shoes because Jordans are like a fashion icon. Right. The Jordan brand. Like, I remember it was one kid that came in the store and thought Travis Scott was the creator of Jordan brand. Oh, wow. Because it's like, but they don't know, because a lot right. of them don't know who Michael Jordan is. He's, right. he's kind of like a, a mystical figure at right. this point. Like, unless you're really a diehard basketball fan, you don't really you don't really know who Michael Jordan is. And to be honest, when you think about it, a lot of people got into Jordan, it's because of Kanye West to some degree. Right. Because I know we look at a lot of the rappers, especially the rappers from the Kanye cloth, a lot of them kind of started wearing the same jeans that Kanye would wear. Right. So, and even like with people's, even like the whole hype culture, in a sense, Kanye is essentially like spearheaded 
the direction that we are in. Has spearheaded to where we are now with it, where you see a rapper wear it, it's like, I got to get it. Or even with celebrity contracts and celebrity endorsements, Kanye's kind of the trendsetter for that. You had the 50 cents, you know, you had the, um, the Jay-Z's, and also even for Rowan, you had the ice cream line. But those shoes never really sold. And for the most part, those shoes were just spin-off of shoes that are already current right. in the market. Like the G-Units were a spin-off of the Rod LeVere. Uh, Jay-Z's shoe was a spin-off of like Gucci sneakers. And even the BBC, I want to say it was more or less, I don't know what that spin-off was, but that shoe just didn't do But shit. the ice cream? Yeah. The ice cream, I feel like, was a shoe ahead of its time. Because had it released now... I think it would it would have sold better because of the different quirky colorways that it came with. Is it? I don't know. Quirky colorways still popping like that. I just figured people don't really buy that type of stuff. Like if, because it's not actually a sports shoe. It's, it's more a of a shoe. casual shoe. And the quirkiness of it, it was bulky. It Funny was a thing little... is, I'm shocked Reebok, I'm shocked Adidas never hopped on that since Pharrell is signed to Adidas. And they own Reebok, well not anymore, but they own Reebok for that right. time that they signed. So I'm surprised they didn't re-release the ice cream. I mean, I, that's a good point. I don't know why they didn't do I think it, it would have sold this time around. That's a good, I don't know why. Uh, because they were bulky and bulky shoes are in now. Adidas and Reebok just confused me at times. But besides the point, I just feel like the sneaker space that we in now, Kanye West essentially is how Michael Jordan was for the shoe culture back in the 80s. I agree. Because once Kanye had that Nike deal and released the Air Yeezy, it, was, it wasn't a spinoff. It wasn't no basic just, hey, this is a colorway I have. This is actually a, a unique individual shoe that I created with the designers of Nike. And then when he did the Air Yeezy 2, it was the same thing. And then even during that period where he was with Nike, just the Kanye effect was at an all-time high where yo wore a pair of all-red Air Max 90s and them shit sold out on finish line like in seconds. Right. Or even when he went over to Adidas, he wore a pair of Ultra Boost. Oh, my God. Oh, he yeah. wore a pair of Ultra Boost. Man, I wanted a pair of the first <laughs> Ultra Boost just because I liked them, not because of the... I didn't even know it was hype behind them. Me either. Man, they were sold out and then they was reselling for wild prices I would Hell never yeah. pay for Ultra Boost. Because I was mad because... That was, I actually liked the shoe a lot. It was just, because for me, I've always been a person that like, I do love my old retros, but I do want to see a brand move forward and design new stuff. I don't want to just keep wearing the same shit from 1995 over and over and over again. So when I saw Ultra Boost, and that was, because I had a pair of Boost sneakers at the time. Boost was super comfortable. I was like, no, this is the best cushion I've ever wore. Like, it's amazing. So when I saw Ultra Boost, I was like, I want a pair, but I wasn't going to pay $200 for no Adidas. At that time, $200 in Adidas just wasn't in the same category for me. So when Kanye won and they sold out, I was like, damn, I have to spend $200, maybe $200, $200 plus to get this shoe. That is crazy. So even, it's just, I think, I do agree with that article that I read. I know I'm being a little bit long with it with it. I do agree with the article I read because now into 2021, the reason that people buy Jordans isn't because of Michael Jordan anymore. It's kind of because of your favorite celebrity wearing that Jordan sneaker. So with that in mind, there's a lot of celebrities that wear Kanye West. And then also just the fact that a lot of celebrities that have the shoe deals from Drake, Travis Scott, um, even Pharrell, who else is another shoe deal? Like Virgil and stuff like that is kind of because of Kanye West and what he did like in the early 2010s. So that article is, is a lot of truth to it. I just kind of think people just want to hate just for the sake of hating. But 
I do think there's a lot of truth to it, especially in 2021. I think no, you're, you're absolutely right. And even when it comes to other collaborations that Nike has had, and if we're going to talk fashion, Jer- Jerry Lorenzo came from under. It's cut from the Kanye's club. Yep, so it's Virgil. Yeah. So it's like Kanye's influence. Is undeniable. It's undeniable among the fashion and sneaker world. Yeah. Um, and then just a little uh, segue, well, not segue, but just a little random fact. Uh, three Nike designers actually left and went to Adidas. So if you see some shoes that look similar to certain Ad- Nike uh, shoes. Then that- you're, talking about, you're talking about when the, uh, you're talking about. I think they left like what 2013. Yeah, 14? 2000. Yeah, 13, 14. One of the guys. He designed the penny line. Yeah. I think it was another dude that designed the Nike Free. And it was another that that designed the Nike. He designed the Nike Luna Force. Oh, I see. So. And also another thing too, is much like I have a love hate relationship with Kanye. Kanye was my guy, but when he started doing the Trump shit, I was like, eh. oh yeah. But then it's at the same time I can't ignore. Kanye's influence when it comes to the sneaker culture and hip hop culture, for general, and, and uh, what else to say? And also, I think Kanye actually is kind of kind of schooling people on how Nike runs shit. Because right? No, he you start has to been. See, you start to see how a lot of people are leaving the brand because even Drake was going to leave the brand. Right. If it wasn't for the whole push and cheese shit. Drake was going to leave it because right. of Adidas because it's like the way Nike handles things. I feel like it rubs people the wrong. It's it just they're the shit, so it's kind of hard when you're the shit like that, and you like the king of everything when it comes to footwear. It's kind of hard to tell you anything. So essentially, it's like I think the way they approach deals with individuals is kind of one of those. Hey, it's my way of it's my oh, way to hide, right. or you should be grateful that I even entertain talking to you. Right. So unlike Adidas, which is though Adidas, like I'm trying to get up there, so I'm willing to give you a whole line and give you all of this stuff. I just kind of want to see what's going to happen. As time moves on, because even with the Travis Scott shoes, they're dope, but they're just essentially colorways. No, you're right. There's, they are. There's what with the Jordan One, I guess the backwards swoosh. It's cool, but it's still a Jordan One. I feel the same way about the off white collaboration. It's really a bunch of different color. It's a different colorways, but he's also just like cutting. Like it's styled a, different, but it's still a Nike yeah, Jordan One. Yeah, it's, it's not his own shoe. Right. Unlike the Yeezy 350, that's his own shoe. There's nothing on the Adidas line you can sit there and say, oh, he just kind of copied off of that. Right. If anything, Adidas is copying from the Yeezy because they had that one shoe that kind of looked like... Yeah, that kind of looked like... Which makes sense. Yeah. We're going to bite off that wave. Let's go ahead and release it. Them bitches sold. Then they sold. Right. So... So, Adidas got something... Some yeah, good. I'm curious. I'm really curious. I'm I'm hoping with them signing Jerry Lorenzo because the issue, my biggest gripe with Adidas, and this is why Nike's always able to stay ahead of the curve. And I gotta admit, I'm starting to feel like Nike is getting a little bit stagnant and lazy with it because when I look at the releases, it seems like all their basketball shoes seem to be designed by the same nigga. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron's are just, I like I said after the LeBron ten, the shoes just. Uh, like the shoe makes money, but it's a two hundred dollars shoe, so it's, it's expected to make some type of money. Right. And even like their lines outside, just all they do is release a Jordan one in a different colorway. It's just everything's getting kind of just lazy. It's nothing, nothing that they release excites me. I hope Jerry Lorenzo, especially with the basketball line, because that's the one big thing that's big in America is basketball shoes. That's kind of the driving force for sneaker culture is basketball shoes. Hopefully, Jerry Lorenzo, being a basketball guy. 
I hope he really puts some some extra some added like pressure and fire into the to the Adidas basketball line because I get upset because I look at the archives of the shoes that they have. It's so much shit. Like for instance, why the fuck they have a retro none of the Kobe line like at all? You're right. I don't. Get they it. did. They and did they, one year where they released one. They released the three. They released three Kobe shoes. The crazy eight. The Kobe. They call it the crazy two. They should have. If the they Kobe release, one. if they release the Kobe one, that will sell because that's more fashion forward. With a what Adidas didn't realize with a lot of their shoe designs, they were ahead of fashion. Yeah. So in the early two thousands and nineties, that shoe wasn't going to sell because no one could envision yeah. what that shoe could look like. Like you know what it would look like with certain things. You know, fashion was just different at yeah. that time. But now, with the way fashion is now, that shoe will sell. Yeah, but I but I think even off the fact that it's a Kobe shoe, it will sell. Well, yeah, that too. But I was just like thinking to myself because they had a fashion. They had, did Adidas have a fashion show, fashion week? I think they did, and they did not use the Kobe one. I was like, this is prime time. The thing is with them as a brand, they they tend to be super conservative. They don't want to take any risks, which it gets frustrating because to me, you have to take risks sometimes, like. When Nike saw Michael Jordan, that contract that they gave for that type of player was unheard of. Because during that time, players that got the big deals were centers. Because right. the NBA was still based off the big man. You need to have a big man to win championships. So Michael Jordan was a 6'6 guard. That was like, what? This is different. And Nike took the risk. And look what happened. Nike took a risk. It's crazy because, like, for instance, when LeBron James came in the league, Adidas was opposed to sign LeBron James. But they got scared because they didn't want to take the risk. They didn't want to give him that money. Nike said, fuck it. We'll take the risk. Give you $90 million. He signed to Nike. And look what happened now. It's just the issue with the brands always exists. Always want to play it safe. I think them signing Kanye West was a risk. And I feel like that risk is paying off, especially with his shoes doing numbers. But This shoe would yeah, definitely sell. Too. I want to buy a pair. This, this shoe would definitely sell. They're not going to reach that. They're not going to retro that. They're too scared to do that. They're not going to retro it. They feel like it's just, it's, which to me is like, bruh. If I'm a fan of Kobe, this is the perfect time to um, attack the market right now because there's a lot of Kobe fans that want to have his stuff. I can't get it because Nike's making it super hard to get it. So you release a Crazy 8 and people understand the history of the Crazy 8 and understand that Kobe Brown water shoot, that shit will sell. Right. Like the the whole one and two Kobe's from Adidas was the whole a part of the whole bulky shoe era. Mm-hmm. When those Balenciagas came out, they should have dropped these because they would have sold though. Right. So you 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 have a you have a valid um point. But Kanye and Jordan brand in twenty twenty one are closer than what people want them to be. I just think people just wanna hate. I don't know. I just I don't know. Yeah, I think, and you know, I, I have these conversations with older people all the time, and I think that people can't separate Kanye's influence from the shit he says out yeah, of his mouth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is really true. Because I'm not, like, I'm over the guy now, but I could be objective. I can, right. I can see that his input in hip-hop and sneaker culture is undeniable. Right. You, you can't take that away from him. Right. It's a crazy thing that I had a conversation like that with someone else. And not to go into a whole different segment because this conversation right. we can talk about for like hours. They were asking me about the R. Kelly situation. Like the person I was talking to felt like because R. Kelly was a pedophile that over that overshadows what he's done as a musician. And I was saying I don't think it does. I think it's one of those things. Two of those things can be true. 
he's a legendary musician and he's a pedophile. Right. Like, that's just Two what things it is. can be true at one time. Yeah, it's just, it's just what it is. It's like, he's a legendary musician and he's a pedophile. Like, no, I get it. So, like, someone was like, you keep supporting Kanye by buying his stuff. You're absolutely right. I do keep buying his stuff because I like it. Yeah. Him saying he a Trump supporter ain't got shit to do with these 700s that's about to come out. Okay? <laughs> In my mind. They ain't got shit to do with the 350s. And then, to be honest, y'all don't even vote. So right. He's just talking out his ass. They ain't got so. shit to do with the 350s I'm going to wear with this outfit. I remember somebody said that. When he said uh, something about Trump, the dude was like, you should get rid of all your Yeezys. I was like, nigga, I spent three hours <laughs> doing that shit. Right, like, they ain't got nothing to do with that. Like, you gonna reimburse me my money? Like, I'm not doing right, that. Right, like, crazy. and then that's counter, that's counteractive because you've already given him the money. Yeah, so, is, what, what is, is that going to do? Like, you, you're it. hurting yourself because then you're going to be like, shit, I missed my, damn, I should have got rid of them. Then you're going to be trying to figure out how you're going to buy all your, your Yeezys back. Yeah. So, no. All right, so that is the sneaker conversation. So now we're about to get into some sports. Mm. This is where it's really about to get a little, you know, hot, hot takes, hot topics. So as if y'all don't know, Michael Rappaport, who is a troll, a bitch. he's the oldest. He's probably one of the oldest trolls. Nah, Skip. Skip's the oldest troll. Well, Skip, Skip is a professional troll. So, so here's the thing. Michael Rappaport. Is a '90s act, white actor. He really has never had big roles. He always had small parts. Small parts, but he's more so like a comedian. He has the typical New York accent, Actually, yeah. and you know he's made a presence for himself these days online on social media. And so you know he goes back and forth with certain people just to kind of amp himself up a little bit. Um, and recently, though, he exposed the some conversations between him and Kevin Durant. Him and, Kevin Durant. and basically, from Kevin's point of view, it was some banter that mm-hmm. was going on between the two because he thought they was friends. He thought they was cool. And Michael has admitted that they have met because they were trying, they were going to do business together at one point, but it never. Man, really worked out. He lying. No, they were they were cool. They, they no, no, lying. no. I get it. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story is Michael Rapport has been acting like a bitch, like Al said, and he's also been acting like a victim. Yeah. In the situation between him and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant actually had to pay a fine, a fine for that, and then he gonna say he feel bad. What? Who, Kevin Durant? No, Michael Rapport. Cause he said all that shit on Undisputed, and he was like, I feel bad because they put pressure on me and my wife, and it gave us attention, and my wife didn't want that type of attention. And me is like, but you knew what you was doing. It's Kevin Durant. You knew when you posted these tweets on the internet that everybody's going to hop on the whole Kevin Durant is sensitive, and this, that, and the third, they're going to make a big fuss about it. Like, so why are you acting like you're just, oh my God, this is so surprising. Like, you're just, bro, you, you got pretty much... KD outrolled you. You got right. your feelings, and you wanted to stick it to him by getting back to him. So you did. I'm gonna expose all this shit, and you could tell because of me. You could tell he probably delete, he deleted message that he probably sent to KD, altered to make it sound like KD was just bullying him and harassing him. Even him trying to downplay that we weren't we not really friends. I don't know that guy, but it's pictures of y'all being buddy buddy cheese and hugging and being on each other's face. So right. I was like, what are you talking about? So this, so this makes the argument. For burner accounts, because you know it's been said that a lot of athletes use burner accounts Which to I troll people. 
This is probably why. Because yeah. it's like, if I hit you from my actual account, you're going to expose, you're going to expose the conversation. True. And then it's not going to be in the right context because you're going to put it in whatever context you wanted to put it in. Yeah. Because this type of situation always makes me just, this is why I can never be famous, especially being an athlete, being famous. Because it's like, I understand the criticism on my play on the court. But some of the stuff that a lot of talking heads say and do goes past that. You try to question a man's character. I remember when Skip was calling him pretty much Chris Bosh a bitch. He was pretty much calling him a bitch the whole time. Chris Spice. But when Jalen Rose called him Waldo Pistol Pete, he got in his feelings. He didn't want to talk about it. Right. Want to get uh, Jalen Rose off, get Jalen Rose banned from the show and all that stuff. And it's kind of like you can't have it both ways. You can't talk your shit. But when the athlete comes back at you, you want to be all, he's being he's being sensitive. He's being like, why is he being like that? Why is he attacking me? This, that, that. Right. I get it, especially in KD's case, because KD and Kyrie are those two athletes that I feel like they're just the wrong people to say things. Because they said a lot of wild and dumb stuff that it's hard to really vouch and defend them. So, Kano was that book with Kevin Durant and his time in Golden State, how he felt some type of way about him not being the guy or being treated like Clay and stuff. That does come across a bit sensitive because it's like, come on, bro. You, that's like LeBron going to Miami. LeBron's a better player than Dwayne Wade, but Dwayne Wade is Miami Heat. Yeah. Like, he will never be better than him. It's, it's, he will never it's be Wade County, yeah. Wade County. He will never be better than Dwayne Wade in Miami. Heat. Right. So it's like, you just kind of, you just kind of got to know that. Yeah, you got to roll with the punches. Yeah, but some of the situations that KD go through and some of the stuff that other athletes go through, it's like, I can't get mad that they respond. Like, after a while, someone keep calling me a bitch, I'm a bum, I'm trash, I'm this, you this, you that. You gonna get tired of hearing that shit. Right. Because I remember it was one, uh, speaking of LeBron, LeBron buddy Rich Paul, pretty much trolled, had said that Steph is trash when it comes to defense. Like, I can score on Steph. Steph ain't nothing. This, that, and the third. And Steph responded, he didn't respond to him directly, but you could tell he was responding to him. And it's one of those things, a lot of people be like, Steph is being sensitive. But it's like, is he? Because after a while, who are you? Like, have you played basketball on the highest level? For you to sit there and say, I can't, def- I can't play defense at all. That's come on, bro. Steph is guarding niggas like Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Right. Like, it's just, it is one of those things that I do feel bad for players like that because it's. Uh, but that is kind of just what it is now, where a nobody can say any and everything to you, but as soon as you respond to that nobody, they look at you like you the bad guy. So it's crazy. And Michael Rappaport is a bitch. Even that whole episode of Undisputed, you can tell Skip and Shannon did not want to talk to you. Right. Because they knew it was going to be bullshit. Yeah. The yeah. Whole, and yeah. it was bullshit. Bullshit is coming out of his mouth. Right. Man. Like, how are you going to start off crying and then be like, no, nah, I was just joking. What? Oh, my God. Skip's Skip <laughs> face was done. He was like, what? He was done. He was like, because Skip really believed him. Like, oh, damn, this no really going through it. No, I was just playing. I was just joking. And that also made me realize, like, yo, you you were able to play a victim on cue like that. Right. That's kind of scary. Right. No. Um, you, you, absolutely. So his credibility was already shaky with black people because he said some things. Like he used to, black people used to fuck with him in the nineties. Yeah. He used to talk shit about McNeil and McNeil called his ass right. out. Right. And so he said some things, and black people were like, all right now, nigga, you you floating on a very thin line. So. Yeah, he's probably done. Yeah, but. He'll pop back up at some point. I don't think with, he will. I think he's, I think I think a lot of people ain't gonna fuck with him no more because of this. Good because it's one of those things. Granted, KD did not saying what KD said was right, but 
once you do that, that shows your true character. Like, bro, you are able to talk shit about people on the regular. So now because the dude is talking more shit, you can't take it. You want to be a bitch and expose it to everybody. Know what's going to happen to Kevin Durant. It's like people going to look at you funny like, yeah, I don't really want to you're right. So speaking of KD, though, KD is a part of the now infamous Brooklyn Nets. The super villain. Yeah, let's yeah. just let, let me just put it out there for for a while. Even when the Nets was in New Jersey, no one was checking for the Nets, really. Um, yeah, and then yeah. when they came to Brooklyn, no one was checking for them for a while. But they were because Jay Z was a minority owner. Yeah, they like people made it seem like Jay Z name when it said owner was next to it. No, it's a Russian guy that actually owns. Yeah, you know how it goes. Then that's I know, but getting Jay Z behind the push yeah, he was, was, a was great. He was a mascot for the team. Yeah. Um but you know now you know they've made some moves and now they're in position. You they made some moves. <laughs> you know, they made some moves and now they uh, play you know a uh, uh, playoff. True playoff final, actually. No, they're a championship contending team. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, who do they have? They have James, Kyrie, KD, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and a whole bunch of others. Oh, yeah, Smith and Dimwitty. That is the Toon Squad from Space Jam. <laughs> Not the Toon Squad. That's the uh, what's the evil the evil team? Oh, the the Mon Squad. The Monsters. That's the Monsters. The Monsters. Yeah, right. But I was, you know, because the Toon Squad had Michael and On had the, the Dream note. Team. That Space Jam 2 looks like it's going to be trash. Oh, oh, it does. Um, I don't... I'm not. I'm having a hard time understanding the premise from the trailer. Because you could kind of get the premise from the original one. Because yeah. he gets sucked down into the hole. So it's like everything's underground. Yeah, so... Because the thing is, what happened with the other one was... Yeah, this is not going to be good. Because the first one, the whole situation was the aliens came on, the monsters came on, the Looney Tune world or whatever. They're talking that shit. They're trying to take over. Bugs Money's like, we're going to challenge you to a basketball game. The guy was like, all right, we gonna bet we're going to do that. Went ahead, stole all the NBA's powers, pin them into the monsters. Now these niggas on steroids. And they're like, oh, shit, we can't beat them. We need help. Who can we get the help? They think they see something about Michael Jordan. We need that guy. Right. So they get Michael Jordan into the Looney Tune world and have him help him beat the monsters. Like, I don't, I don't really get the premise of the LeBron. It seems like LeBron was trying to teach his son how to play basketball, but his son doesn't want to play basketball. And then some Don Cheetah just come out of nowhere and take his son. Right. It's it's weird. It's, that's why I say I don't understand the premise. And the point of a trailer is to help people kind of put together the premise I just, of the movie. I, just, I don't get the premise of this. I do know that I'm glad that they incorporated female basketball players. Diana Taurasi isn't the only one. I think it's someone else, but they used her in the trailer. I thought it was her. I, thought, I don't know. I thought Draymond was in the movie, too. I thought they used one other... They might, they might not, they, she, it might just be her, but she's cool with LeBron. Her and LeBron are, are real close. Yeah, so that's, that's why yeah, that's why she got that. Watch out. Could be some tampering. He got the, he got, um, Damian Lillard on there. Hey, he might be, you know, you want to do more of these, you know, come to Lakeland. You know, you're right. You're right. I mean. You're LA, you're a California guy, you know, LA, you know. No, that, but that's the, but that's actually the reason why LeBron went to LA. So that he could help, so that his production company oh, yeah. could be. It was, a, it was a business move. Yeah, immersed. It was more business than basketball. Yeah, it was just, it was business. Yeah, more business than that. But back um, to the main topic at hand. We yeah, the main that. topic at hand. So do you think, so So people, it, it's been said that the Nets put this team together to help them against AD, 
and LeBron to help, you know, with AD and LeBron in the West. So I think it will help. But as we saw last night, the Lakers don't really need AD and LeBron to beat them. No, I need AD and LeBron to beat them. They need AD and LeBron to beat them. But they didn't last night. That's to me in a seven-game series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, all seven games, yeah. Because it's one of those things, it's regular season. We know what Brooklyn Nets are essentially doing what the Clippers did last season. I don't think the Nets are going to be as cocky as the Clippers were last season. But essentially, that's what they're going to do. They're going to rest their players. They're going to take games off. They're going to take plays off to make sure by the time playoffs come, everybody's 100%. So the Lakers beating them is just like, okay. And even when the Nets beat them the last time, we're just like, okay. He's like, I'm not take, I'm taking this at face value. It's right. a winning, it's a loss. I'm not digging anything deeper than that. Now, in a seven-game series, I still will give it to the Lakers if they're healthy. Because okay. to me, LeBron, LeBron's the LeBron's the, the is the GOAT of the 2010s. Like he is that nigga. And he right. has not shown that he's slowing down. Now I'm a little worried because he has two major injuries, and that's been when he's been in the Lakers team. The first season he was with the Lakers. And now this season. Right. Now, I don't know if this injury is really major or they're just trying to, you know, add a little fluff to give him more time to rest. But still, he bangs his beat. That fucking ankle injury, like, that shit hurt. And then AD. AD is really the X factor for the Lakers because AD is known to be injury prone. Mm-hmm. He was like that in New Orleans. He's still like that now. So, but if they're both healthy, I'll give the slight edge to the Lakers. It's going to go to seven. I don't see Oh, yeah, it would definitely go to five. seven. It's going to seven. But... It's going to be good. It's going to be a real good series. It's going to be really interesting. But do you liken this to the victory? What, the Miami victory? Yeah. Do you liken the Nets to the Miami victory? Um, Yeah, in a sense, yeah. Not not step by step the same way because they did all that through free agency. I think James Harden coming to the Nets wasn't planned. As the big three in Miami, that all was planned. planned. Yeah, they, they I think it was one that. of those things that, you know, James Harden was like, I'm done with Houston. I don't want to be here. Oh, bet. KD probably, you know, they probably talked to KD and right. Kyrie and said, how do you feel about that? Because he wants to get traded. We got assets. We can easily make this move. That's kind of how it would happen. As opposed to with Miami, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. But I'm talking about the, the play factor, like the the power factor of the the victory. Um, you know, they were pretty much un, untouch, unstoppable for a while. They were uh, unstoppable for a while. They lost. They won two championships. Yeah, but you can't be nah, like I guess at the time people thought it was, but in hindsight, no. Nah, yeah, I mean hindsight fit twenty twenty. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but. What I'm saying is when you compare the big three and, you know, the way they were winning, because they won the two championships back-to-back, right? Yeah. So would the big, big three be more comparable to Curry, Thompson, and Green? The Nets situation? No. With, so with Miami Heat's big three, would they be – would that be easier to compare them to what Oakland's big three was? With well, Kerry Thompson and Draymond yeah. or Kerry Thompson and KD? Kerry Thompson and... Because I'm talking about pre-KD. No, I wouldn't compare it. I because like, they were winning before KD got there. Yeah, I wouldn't compare it. I think that that big three to me, not saying on the same level, gives me more vibes of like the Spurs, gives me more vibes of like the Jordan Bulls because you did everything You did everything essentially the organic, natural way. Okay. You draft the star, you draft the player that you believe in, Steph Curry. 
and you add pieces around him to build the team. You sign key vets that have a high basketball IQ with Andre and Sean Livingston that understand and know their role. Right. And then you've got a coach in Mark Jackson where he's like, all right, I built the foundation. Okay, I got the foundation together. You let him go, and you get a coach that can help you win. Because I'm starting to kind of question, is Steve Kerr a good foundation coach? Because right now with Golden State, they got to rebuild that foundation. Again. Right. You got your three guys that can teach and lead the young players, but you have to change the kid, those players' mindset and let them know that, hey, this is a win-now situation. This isn't uh, – because Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre came from a situation where they're always losing. Right. So to them, it's just another day in the office. It's like, all right, get, come in here. You get blown out by 20. I get my check. I go home. As you have to kind of show those players and teach those players that you have to want to take this seriously. Like, you have to want to win. You have to be passionate about it. So – I wouldn't compare Miami to Golden State because it's just it just to me now Golden State is more compared to Oklahoma City situation. Okay. Because they draft everything, everybody was home grown. So so how about when you add KD in the mix? Then I guess you could say you could say it's similar to uh the Miami to some degree. Okay. I was just asking because you know the the media will put it that. And fans alike will say, "Oh, the Nets went out and got all this to to compete about the to compete against these two." And so it's like, is that just circumstance? I think I it's circumstance. Like, I, think I it's feel like it's just circumstance. I think it's circumstance. Like, and, and and the people that are on the Nets now want to win. Yeah, because you think the reason why I say definitely say it's circumstance because did LeBron win the championship with KD like right after KD left Golden State? No. No. They didn't even have, did they have Anthony Davis yet? No. So it was like, he went to the Nets knowing that. Kyrie and and KD went to the Nets together. Yeah, they went to the Nets knowing that this team, because this is like I always talk about Jamar or Sparrow at the XYZ podcast. Like, that's one thing the media says is so true. LeBron created MySpace, KD's made it Facebook. Because Kyrie and KD went to the Nets knowing that that team had a foundation. We want to win. Katie just suffered a gruesome injury. Kyrie's always been injury prone. So we're going to go to this situation knowing that this team can still carry us to the playoffs. All we need to do is make sure that we're healthy and ready to play when playoff time comes. That's kind of how I saw it. I don't really see it as, because I've been seeing some posts like that on Instagram where they're saying, yeah, you know, KD did this and did this and did that just to beat LeBron. Like you said, circumstance. LeBron was in LA and he got Anthony Davis. He's so happy to win the championship last year because to be honest, the media was saying the Clippers were going to win it. Right. They were saying the Clippers were going to win it. They was like, the Clippers are going to win. The Clippers are going to beat them. Boom, boom, right. boom. Right. Everyone had the Clippers winning over the Lakers. Yeah. So, I didn't, but everybody else did. So it was one of those things like. I don't think the Clippers is all that. I, I don't think they all that. I, I had, I had, how, how I had it was, I was like, I felt like that would have been LeBron's toughest competition. That playoff run would have been the Clippers if they played him. Uh-huh. That's how my mindset was on it. Cause I was like, if he plays against the Clippers, I can see the Clippers possibly beating him just because they were fully they were a death team. They had they had greatness, they had players, they had defense, they had people that knew their role. They were a really solid team. I was I was the one that felt like LeBron should have went to the Clippers as opposed to the Lakers when he was a free agent. But after seeing how they lost and just seeing the personnel, I just yeah, my stock in them has dropped a lot. It's just they're a good team. I just don't see them winning. Pandemic P is going to probably show up. Kawhi, because I'm the, I'm the one of the people that feel like Kawhi is a bit overrated because 
Kawhi's always been in ideal situations from the San Antonio Spurs to him going to Toronto. He's never, I'm always, when it comes to Kawhi versus KD, I'm always on team KD because he has never had to get it out the mud like KD had to, or KD had to lift up a franchise. Kawhi was just, you got drafted to the Spurs who still have Tim, Manu, Tony Parker, and Greg Popovich. You just have to sit there and be a student to what they're telling you and just develop in your own rate. And then when you went to Toronto, it was like, Toronto was never a bad team. People always made sense Toronto was a bad team. Toronto was a good team. It just, their best player just isn't that great. Right. DeMar DeRozan. That team always was, always in top three in the East. They took LeBron to seven games one time. I think six or seven. They took LeBron to six or seven games one time. They've been to the conference finals multiple times. They were always on the cusp of getting it. It's just DeMar DeRozan just isn't that good compared to Kawhi Leonard. Right. You swap them, they win a championship. Makes sense. The team is a good team. The team has never been a bad team. So I think the Clippers situation is the first time where you're in a situation to where you kind of have to be the driving force to this team. And I just don't think Kawhi has that in him. I think he's just a really good player that just can play his role. So them, them adding Rondo could be a big deal. But I'm never really just kind of went left and right on this whole basketball conversation. <laughs> That's fine. But, but it's still, you know, you still come back to the center. But, yeah, I don't think the KD, I don't think KD getting, KD and Kyrie going to Brooklyn and get James Harden is solely to beat LeBron. It's to win the championship. That's just it. If they play against LeBron, cool. If they play against the Clippers, cool. If they play against the Nuggets, cool, too. We just want to win right. Yeah, I also think that piggybacking on circumstance, I think that Brooklyn had the space, the cap space, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, because all the players are on like draft or on the rookie contract, right? They, so they had the money, yeah. to 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 pay, you know, to pay a team that stack like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you you got to think they got Blake Griffin, but is Blake Griffin still the the Blake Griffin that he was when he? He made a funny point too. He said how he was saying how fans are hilarious. He was like, because before I was a bum, but now I'm on the Nets. Oh my God, it's unfair. It's cheating. Right. And it's so like, but funny. Blake Griffin ain't the Clippers Blake Griffin he used to be. No, he's always getting hurt. Right. So. Like Marcus Aldridge is old as shit. Right. And so it's just like. Shoot, and Andre Drummond was cooking his ass last night. Right. So it's like, people, when I saw that, I was like, now we capping for Blake Griffin? Like. Uh, Blake Griffin, y'all wasn't doing this for Blake Griffin when he was in the at the Pistons, you yeah, know. It is it's the thing, uh, and that's the one thing I do hate about basketball. And I feel like every other sport doesn't have this issue. And this is why I've kind of been watching a lot more football. I feel like basketball has so many narratives because it's such a player driven sport, and you have a lot of LeBron dick eaters, which is like it's just always that double standard. LeBron can do it, but when KD or someone else do it, it's a problem. LeBron. Oh, I'm in that free agency when Kawhi was a free agent. Everybody, their mom was saying how Kawhi was coming to the Lakers. No one had a problem with it. Like, everybody was cool with it. Right. Now, KD is essentially doing a better job of, of being a LeBron than what LeBron is by getting pieces and getting, putting himself in the best position to win. It's a problem. It's an issue. But, but KD and James Harden have played together before. They were young, but they played together before. Yeah, but that's the see. No, you're right. I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you all, but that's the same thing because I got into an argument with my buddy about this too, where he feels like for Steph to show his worth, he has to carry this team to the playoffs, which I was like, but Steph done this in the past. Right. I was like, when Steph, before they won that championship, 2015, when they won the first championship, 15 or 16? I think it was 15. So 2014, 2013, he carried, he led the Golden State Warriors to the playoffs. This is before Clay became Clay that we know. This is before Draymond became Draymond. This is when they had David Lee on the team still. 
Oh, like, wow. Okay. So they took their team to the playoffs. They lost. So it was like, what does Steph have to really prove now? He's been through those years where I took a struggling franchise and got him in the postseason. Why does he have to prove it again? Right. It's just stupid narratives to try to just change the argument, just to find ways to just say players suck and LeBron's the greatest. That's essentially what it is. That's essentially what they do all day, every day. No, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm a LeBron fan, but after a while, it's like, all right, man, give, give players their due. But that's essentially what it is. So KD do it. It's the worst thing in the world. But LeBron, if LeBron got James Harden in the Lakers, no one would say anything. I know. I just hope the Lakers uh, get some more people before LeBron decide he won't retire. <laughs> I can't, I, I can't go through another five, stuck. six years. Y'all stuck. I, y'all stuck. LeBron. <laughs> the, only reason, the only reason we didn't have some really good players during the Kobe era when they were losing is because Kobe had the most money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kobe was like, I'm not giving up no money for you niggas. Like, y'all just going to wait till I retire. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted that, uh, that lifetime achievement card. Right. So that's the only reason we wasn't getting like certain key players because we just could not afford them. Yeah. But that's the thing about LeBron. That's that's the gift and the curse of having LeBron be on your team. LeBron is a great player. If you if LeBron and it's not even really if because LeBron's mostly healthy most of the time. When LeBron's on your team, you're damn near going to at least at minimum get to the conference finals. At minimum, for the right. most part, you're going to get to the finals and possibly win. But at the same time, you give up so much because the thing with LeBron is he has to have the team set up a certain way. And that's the beauty. That's the one thing I feel like KD doesn't get his um, recognition for. Is KD is very versatile. He's more versatile than LeBron, in my opinion, where KD can play off the ball, he can play ISO, he can be a spot-up shooter. He, the fact that he's fucking seven-plus, seven-foot-plus, like no one can get in his freaking vision when it comes to him shooting. His game is so smooth. It's just, he's not, you know, outside, outside the court, he's very, like, aggressive and goes at a lot of people on Instagram, but on the court, he's such a smooth killer. Like, yo, just an even kill assassin. Unlike LeBron, the team has to be set up in a certain way for him mm-hmm. to be able to maximize his, Potent- yeah, his, his potential, play, yeah. maximize his play. Because I always tell one guy, if you would pick LeBron and go to state, I don't think it would have been that successful. Mm-mm. I think he would have limited what Clay and, and Steph, and Steph could, could do. do. Yeah, KD... That maximized that team because KD can run, set screens, be a spot-up shooter, be a pick-and-pop guy. Or you can, if the team is struggling, all right, give me the rock, get out the way, let me get a bucket. I feel like LeBron couldn't really do that. So Le- You're right. LeBron has to have things created around him. Yeah. He can't just join something. And, I, and that's one of, my, one of my buddies said. I think that's probably the him not going to a college for that year. I think that kind of would have probably gave him that extra edge to his game. He was already NBA ready when he came out of high school. But I think him under because you know when you go to college, you ain't nothing. You're not even a factor. It's about the school and the coach. Right. So you have to kind of fall in line. I think that would have probably made him a better player. But that's just my personal opinion. Well it's the same you can say the same for Kobe. Kobe wouldn't have gone he Kobe couldn't have gone anywhere else and fit in. It would have to be about Kobe. At a, you know, at, at that at, when Kobe reached his Well I kind of disagree with Kobe because I think the difference with Kobe was he wasn't he wasn't on the same level as LeBron coming into high school. When he came in, I, I think the issue with Kobe was Kobe's work ethic didn't rub people the wrong way. No, especially, you're right. Especially based on the interviews you heard him and Shaq say. You're right, but what I'm saying is when Kobe, after that first championship they won, Kobe had, it was now about Kobe with the Lakers. Kobe could not have did a shack. He could not have left the Lakers and went somewhere else. 
Because it would have to be about Kobe. No, I think, I think at that time, they were talking about him going to the Bulls. I think the Bulls would have Well, who, who did the Bulls have, though, at that time? Uh, it would have been the same situation as he was in L.A. Right. But so, um, what I'm saying is, you know how Shaq went to Miami and it was... crazy he went to the Bulls, though. Just imagine that. But Shaq went to Miami and Dwayne Wade was already there. That yeah, team Miami. was... Miami. Miami, he was actually a solid team. People, yeah. People forget about But that, that team was already there. Years. That Dwayne Wade was already there. It was already the, about yeah, Lonzo Morning. Yeah. Right. It was already was but Eddie Jones still there, I think. I don't know. But it was already Dwayne Wade's team. It was like this is Wade I, County. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't, I think it became Dwayne Wade's team after after that finals run. I think the team was still trying to figure themselves out. What when Shaq got there? When Shaq got there. I don't think it was Dwayne Wade's team just yet. After 06, that finals, it was the Wayne Ways team. You knew that he was the best player on that team. But I think before then, it was it was essentially like, cause they, I think what, they got drafted in 03. He came at, what, 05, I assume? So that was like, what, two? Yeah. I, went, I think it was one of those, we're still trying to figure out what we're going, what direction we're going, who's going to be the main piece. We're just getting pieces together and building the foundation. I think when Shaq went there, it was like, all right, it's going to be Shaq's team because Shaq is obviously the best player. He's the, all, he's the all-star. He's the championship. He's the MVP. After the 06, you knew, okay, this is about to be Dwayne Wade's team because he's the reason why we won this championship because Shaq kind of was looking looking old and looking bad in that final. Could you imagine if Kobe stayed in Charlotte? Oh, Jesus. Could <laughs> oh, you imagine, would he be the Kobe Bryant he is if he would have stayed with the Hornets? If they would have kept him? I don't think so. Because I think the one beauty that Kobe had, the one benefit that Kobe had was you got drafted. You was put on a team that was essentially similar to a Kawhi situation to where you're on a team that already have all-star caliber players on there. You had Eddie Jones, Shaq, Van Exel, I think was still there Yeah, at the time. he was still there. So you had caliber players that you can kind of be mentored by and kind of learn under and then you get a Hall of Fame coach like Phil Jackson. It's just like I think Phil Jackson was the key for oh Kobe. Because yeah. essentially Mike died. That's Mike's guy. Yeah, Kobe loved I, Michael Jordan. I feel like that was the key because you notice when Phil left, everything kind of went downhill. Oh hell yeah. And, but then when he came back, but I don't blame they started him, winning again. I don't blame him because it's it's hard to win with Kwame Brown in your team. No oh yeah. <laughs> it's hard oh to win yeah. With any everyone, anyone will say that it's hard to win with Kwame Brown in your team. So I guess back to the main point with the Nets. So who do you think? So you assume the Lakers are going to win. Well, the healthy LeBron and the healthy AD, they're going to win. Well, of course. I'm going I'm to go with that. Oh, yeah, Lakers fan. <laughs> Being objective, you think the Lakers still going to win it? This is going to be an interesting playoff. I, I do. I think that, you know, with uh, Pope and... Um, yeah, KCP need to get more respect. I don't, they don't... After watching him play last playoffs, KCP... Yeah, I like KCP. He he's a good role player to have on the team. Yeah, and they, um, they play good perimeter defense. Right, and we have uh, what's the one with the Pat Tansy? I cannot think. Alex Caruso. Yes. Shoot. On a side note, yo, Loki, good on two K. <laughs> I fucked with you on two K. I'm not. I'm not really. He just yeah. a player to me, but he's low key good on two K. Um, um, what's the guy you have? Tht. I don't know his full name. Dorton? Is it Dorton something? What are you talking about? Which one? He played for the Lakers. His name is THT. He's not a starter. Oh. He's just playing because LeBron and AD hurt. Yeah. Because okay, um, the starter is, is is Pope, the guy with the patch, LeBron AD, 
It's Hera. not Kuzma. Hera? Yeah. Yeah. It's I, those... feel like I, I feel like I didn't really need him. I got why I got him. It's kind of one of those things. We're going to, by subtracting an asset from an opposing team, we put ourselves in a better position. But I really don't think y'all need him. But y'all got Andre Drummond, so that should help. Because the biggest issue, and that's, that's the reason why y'all got Marcus Saul, because the biggest issue is going to be when y'all go against teams with dominant centers like Denver and Philly. That's going to be I was happy with the, with the Mark pickup, the Gasol. Man, he hasn't. He hasn't panned out for y'all. He hasn't, but I was happy with it. I, um, I, I, I kind of saw it was essentially you getting a uh, joker, a cheap joker. Yeah. Because he can pass the ball. He got you know, got good little player vision. He can stretch the four by yeah, two. Yeah, he's not as good as his brother, but. Nah, nah. Um, I, I, I was y'all happy with it. Y'all respect the Paul, man. Y'all did Paul Gasol. Wow, man. Y'all did Paul. Wow. At the time, the guy, I can't, well, the son was in front office. Y'all did Paul. Wow. Paul. Y'all been trying to Jersey yet? No. But the front front office at the time was in fucking shambles. And now it's Mm. Jeannie Buss. And clearly you can see the difference between her and her brother. I ain't gonna lie. I'm giving more of that to LeBron than Jeannie Buss. I don't know. What, with Powell? No, just with the Lakers front office. But she's the one who put Magic Johnson in position to to, to go get him. (laughs) She basically hired him was like... LeBron was coming to the Lakers with Magic Johnson without... LeBron was coming to the Lakers. But Magic helped. Magic didn't help. LeBron was coming to the Lakers. He... But Jeannie was pretty... It's pretty much the person that says, all right, go get him. Nah. Because LeBron was coming to the Lakers. But she freed up the money and the space for him. Everybody knew... Man, everybody knew that was like the... Okay, because if her brother was still was still front office, AD okay, would not okay, be there. Right, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Them changing the front office from the brother to her was a decide. That was like, all right, as I'm LeBron, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go there. But because the brother, the the brother was not. He was a mess. Yeah, he was, he was not picking the best players. Like, terrible. all right, so where the hell he did you Car- get this? He Carlos Buzato, <laughs> right? Contract. It's like, yes he was the one who, uh who was in charge of the steve nash well and then the white howard I don't, I don't, situation i don't kill him for that one i don't kill him for that one i don't that just didn't work i that don't kill him for that one that actually wasn't it didn't one. work but the, the white howard situation didn't work either yeah that, just, that whole thing just didn't work i just that whole thing didn't but work. but he was giving contracts to people who was just like what why? That was them trying to recover from the Chris Paul issue. And that's another thing, too. I'm tired of this stupid-ass shit. People need to understand, the reason why Chris Paul wasn't able to go to the Lakers is because the NBA owned oh, the, 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 Pelicans the Pelicans at, at the, the time. time. Yeah. That's the reason why. The reason why KD is able to go to Golden State is because KD is a free agent. agent. Mm-hmm. The reason why KD, reason why James Harden was able to go to the Brooklyn Nets is because the league doesn't own the Nets or the Rockets. Right. I get tired of seeing that random ass video of someone, some casual saying that same shit. Why was it okay for KD to go? Yeah, to the David Stern State? vetoed that. Because he owned the team, team yeah. at the time. Yeah. So it made sense. Yeah. And he wasn't trying, because at that time, that's when Dan Gill was being a bitch, because LeBron left Cleveland, was all complaining, rah, rah, rah. He had a lot of small market owners still in some type of way. David Stern didn't want to make it worse by letting Chris Paul, was, who was in a small market team at the time, Go to the Lakers, which is a big market team. Right. Because the funny thing is, he, he didn't let that happen. Let him go to the Clippers. But at the time, the Clippers weren't the Clippers. They like they like the Nets in New York. Yeah, they weren't. The Nets, yeah, they just, weren't the. There. Yeah, they weren't the Clippers that they are today but, when he first went there. But let's, I guess, to close this argument. 
um, about the Nets and the Lakers. I guess my question is, for the players that's going to be in that finals matchup, or hopefully that finals matchup, what do you think it will do for their legacy as a player? LeBron, we all know, that's just one more ring closer to you being considered a GOAT. So that's, I think it would help easy. Kyrie. Because yeah. this would be his second ring, right? Second ring, and it also shows that... That he, he didn't need... No, I wouldn't say that he didn't need LeBron. I think it also shows that you can win with Kyrie. Yeah, I you think, can. I think the, the narrative But I think, now, I think when the Cavaliers won, they won with because of Kyrie as well. It was LeBron, but Kyrie yeah, played but a big role. After he left, it's kind of been the stigma that he's just a toxic individual. Yeah. It's starting to seem more because me and my buddy, uh, I, I'm not going to shout him out because I won't play have this conversation again. We always butt heads about the whole Kyrie leaving the Cavaliers situation. And I think as time went on, people are starting to see that it was more Kyrie than LeBron as the reason why that shit fell out. I think if they win a championship with him, they would kind of show that you can win with him. He is he is still a good player. But my question is, if Brooklyn wins a championship, who would be the favorite in New York? The Knicks? The Knicks. Or the Nets? It's going to be the Knicks. I don't know. You know how people hype. You know, you know the hype. Them man, people I, gonna be swarming Brooklyn. When you even watch the Nets plays, more Knicks fans <laughs> in the stadium than Nets fans. The Nets, the Nets, as Jamar, as the I keep saying, I can't, I can't keep giving his full name up. As Sparrow <laughs> always saying the X Y Z podcast his favorite word. Nets fans are hipster fans. Okay. Because I, I don't know if you've been to the Barclays or been mm-hmm. in that area. It's the way they're trying to make Brooklyn to a mini Manhattan. No, I know. So around the Barclays, it's like nice restaurants. The kids stores yeah. on the side. You got nice bars and restaurants over here. It's just those, you know, those like hipster, like IT guys. They got light, making a lot of night, making a lot of money, going to the game for something to do. Essentially, like when people go to Wizards game in DC. I think the Nets was a team where, as far as fan bases, it was. Definitely a manufactured fan. Yeah. fan base because yeah. here it is because no one really gave a fuck about New Jersey Nets. No one was following like you from Jersey, right? It was like Shit, to be honest, you probably like the Nets, right? They probably was like, oh, all right, we don't have a team no more. Okay, it's another day. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always catch the train to go see the Knicks, right? Game, so I so like, I I would say that's the first time I've seen like a manufactured fan base, yeah, because it was just really people. From just different areas. It yeah. wasn't like they had a... Same with Oklahoma, but some of them traveled... Came with Seattle. True. So... And then also, Oklahoma, the state just has a strong sports foundation. Right. So you finally give them an actual team to root for. As it, that's just... It's just a lot different. Right. Um, But no, but the, not, not really. Because think about even this season, me watching the games, and I know I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm not even being biased. More people... People are more excited for the Knicks... Being five hundred to the Nets getting KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. Oh yeah, because it's the Knicks. It's just it's, it's a, a history. It's the same thing as the Lakers and the Clippers. During that whole era when the Clippers was winning, it was when they were like in championship mode or championship contention. It was just like, oh, the Clippers are cool, but everybody kind of focused on the Lakers. Right. It's like this still Lakers city. Yeah. Like, so this. unless the Nets won like five championships straight, maybe, but it just eh, it's just the Nets. Eh. Right. This huh. is really what it is. Just the I just wanted to see what you would say in regards to. But back to the legacy thing, I think uh, it's going to be interesting because, of course, if KD wins it, that's a, that kind of kills the whole argument about him going. I don't, even that, though, back to what we were talking about with narratives and shit. I'm mad people are doing that where they're trying to say this ring don't count now because KD got so much help. I'm no, like, they I'm count. 
like, like this man can't do nothing at this right. point. Right, it counts. I mean, it's a ring. So do you think it counts? The way you said it is like, eh. I mean, I think it still counts if he's playing. Okay. And he's the factor for winning. Yeah. Why wouldn't it count? No, nah, I'm just saying how our fans go. It's like, well, you had James Harden and Kyrie, so it doesn't count. Even though LeBron had Wade and Chris Bosh. People sleep on Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh wasn't no slouch back then. No, you're right. He was a solid player, but you know how that goes. Yeah. No, you're right. A lot. Of, I don't think at the time when he got drafted to Toronto, Toronto wasn't Toronto that it became. Nah. So no one was really checking for him. No, nah, but he was a solid player. He was a couple, multiple All-Star, multiple All-NBA player. He was, he, was a, he was a decent player. So that moves us into contracts then. Yeah, we talked a lot about basketball for a minute. Yeah, we did, but... I feel like this conversation is going to be short and sweet, though. I feel like we're both going to be on the same page. It, yeah, I am an athlete. Had an NFL... Had an NFL versus NBA contract discussion. And a lot of the points, you know, were valid as far as the NFL uh, part goes where, you know, you have 52 guys on a team and only maybe, what, four, what, 10 may have a decent-sized contract and the other ones, you know, not not so decent. But... They were basically saying how the NFL, well, the NBA players run the NBA compared to the NFL players. Yes. And that's because their contracts, well, the argument was, well, the contracts are guaranteed in the NBA, and that's not necessarily true with the contracts being guaranteed in the NBA, and that's why they're more open with talking. I just think that you just have more black players who are more aware of issues going on socially that are part of the NBA P what is it? The NBA yeah, PA. Yeah. Associated. And so therefore they can speak up because they're the bread and but also the bread and butter of the NBA. They're the faces of the NBA. That and also I think they're they have they have so many streams of income compared to the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got endorsements, you got cause it's like I can see your face. Right. I can see your personality as an NFL. It's no one's better than the shield. Right. It's only like a select few that can be on the same level as Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, right. Patrick Mahomes now. But for the most part, no one surpasses that shield, right. essentially, as an NBA. Um, if I take a Peyton, like, I could afford to take, like, let's say, uh, DeMarcus Cousins can afford to take a one million, like, just get a $1 million contract. I got money from Puma coming in. Right. So I'm getting my bread either way. Right. So that that's another factor, too, with the uh, multiple streams of income. Right. So, phone. but NFL contracts... You know, I will say that the, the diversity is a lot larger on NFL teams, whereas you have you may have more white players than you do, you know, black players, whereas the NBA, the team may be all black. Um, and so one of, I can't, was it Chad or Brandon that was just like, you know, when Tom is going into these meetings, he's not capping, you know, he's not capping for for everyone else, he's looking out for Tom. And whereas in the NBA, you I think know, Tom's a bad example. Though. I feel you should have said Drew, Drew Brees is a better. Well, I, I don't because I don't know the history of Drew Brees, but I think Tom do be looking out for people. Well, looking out. Let's say this: he looks out for people that can benefit him. I'll say that. Like, yeah, that's true. So oh, I, oh, so yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. Like, he'll look out for people that benefit him. Mm-hmm. Like, he looked out for Antonio Brown. Yeah, because he knew that was going to be a key player and and, win the championship. Well, him so, yeah. winning the championship. But it's like, you know, the difference, you can see the differences between the NFL and the NBA. And like you said, 
NBA players are more marketable than NFL players. Yeah. Um, like I can a, see a phase. Right. They have Jason Tatum on a commercial and so, no one. So way right. And no one is really asking for Jason Tatum to be no, on commercials. Like, shit. Right. Like, but <laughs> he's Jason Tatum. You can see him play yeah. on a regular, you, you know. know. Actually, never mind. I have, to, I have to retract that statement. He is marketable because he is a single, I don't know if he's with the girl, but he's a single dad. And they always show him and his son being together. Similar to Chris Paul fashion. You know how Chris Paul and his son is always at the hip. Or like how LeBron's always with his kids. So I can see them trying to... No, I get that, but I'm saying... His personality-wise, he's kind of dry. Yeah, it comes off dry. Now, he may be different with his family and people he know, but it comes off dry to the public. Whereas, you know, in the NFL, unless you... uh, Russell Wilson, because he can, you know, he's like Prince Charming of the of the NFL. He's he's a fucking walking <laughs> man. He also walking man. Yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson. Or Odell Beckham because he got the hair. Or, or and Odell like, Beckham. And what is what is Beast Mode? Uh, I can't remember his name. Rashawn Lynch. Rashawn Lynch. Everybody love him. Yeah, he, he Be, keep it real because he keep it real. Yeah, keep it real. You know, in when it comes to social justice and you know, fighting for certain things in the NFL PA, you have owners who don't give up. Like, it's like, I'm, I'm not paying you to be socially. I think it's changing now because I, I think, I think it ain't, it ain't going to change. I think it's changing now. I think it's changing now. I don't, well, my stance on it, and I've said it in a couple of episodes of XYZ podcast, all the stuff that both leagues are doing is just really pandering. They just kind of following what's the current trend, and the current trend is to be woke, quote unquote, or pro black, especially after the George Floyd situation. So a lot of them are really going to get knees deep into that stuff. They're going to really invest into that now. As before with the Colin Kaepernick situation, compared to the NBA, I think the NBA's business model ever since they got ever since they got Adam Silver. Because to be honest, if David Stern was still the commissioner. I don't think they'll be able to be as pro-black well, as they yeah. like to be. Uh, Adam Stern. Adam, yeah, David Stern. Adam Silver is his angle is to be make the NBA more pro-women, pro-black, just more of a pro-human rights type of league. So you have a lot of the I don't know, sound like Sparrow over here, but you have a lot of the liberals siding with the NBA because that's their angle, that's their image from the situation with. Uh, Donald Sterling getting kicked off the team the same as racial remarks to Trayvon Martin dying and them letting them wear the shirts. That's just like their angle. Even them trying to really make it a big, because David Stern dropped the ball on this. And I, I'll give my props to Adam Silver on this when it comes to really pushing the WNBA. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is really actively trying to get the WNBA on the same level as the NBA. And I think he's making some good strides in it as opposed to the NFL. It's kind of one of the, you know what it is, a good old boys. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's just like it's very similar to baseball. Yeah, they're not trying to really ruffle the feathers of their fan base because they don't want to ruffle the feathers of family because they know most of them are probably right next. Right. People don't really want to see that type of stuff. Right. So they're like, nah, Kaepernick, you can't be doing that. Go sit in the corner somewhere, this, that, and the third. As now in 2020, 2020, 2021, with the George Floyd, that shit's, you can't, it's, it's, it's so in your face that you can't even look away. You, right. you have to acknowledge it. And seeing how the NBA was able to hop on that really, really well and get a lot of traction off that, I feel like the NFL is like, oh, we got to do something with this too because we already got a bad rap with the Kaepernick situation. So they try to clean up their image off of that by signing Jay-Z. Right. So 
I think now they're going to let their players be more vocal as opposed to 2016. It was like, nah, you just well, yeah, but, shut up and run the football. But it's not even about social justice. It's just really about contracts and money and uh, because they brought up Deshaun Watson and him wanting oh, yeah, to trade. Yeah. Yeah, and see, now, now all this... That Stuff is yeah. coming out of you know coming out the blue. Yeah. That's really damaging his character. Yeah, and how he's presented to the public. Yeah, it is. So yeah. you know the NFL is still one of those things where it's like you better watch what you say. Okay, so in that sense, yeah, that I don't think that I don't think that ever would change. I don't. The players would never have enough power like the NBA because for one, I think the NFL. The one thing I think players do tend to forget that it's not enough money to go around. Right. Because one thing that a lot of people fail to realize, it costs money to, man- to own these teams and manage these teams. Right. This shit isn't cheap. Right. The players get their check and that's it. Whatever you do with that money, what you do. Right. The owners get the money. They got divided this. They got to pay this. They got to pay that person. They got to pay this. Not trying to give them an excuse, but I just feel like with so many, being so many players compared to the NBA, there's a lot more money to go around in the NBA than it is. With, with the um, NFL. Then also, like I said, with the money outside of the sport from contracts and endorsements and stuff like that, it's the NBA player is not as worried about the type of income they get. Not all of them, but the NBA player is not worried about the type of income that they're getting from the NBA because it's like, all right, well, I can settle for this little boo-boo contract to try to win a chip knowing I still got my, my Nike money coming in or just my money from different other endorsements I have. And then also just the high risk, the risk and reward, the, the risk of being an NFL player. I think that's one thing people don't take into consideration because why am I going to give you, why am I going to give you 10, $20 million knowing that your position, you may not even laugh in the league, last in the league for five years. Right. So I know me and Sparrow butt heads about this all the time because he's a person, he's an old school guy. He's a person that you take the pay cut, Give your life to the team, be a company man, have the team build the team, have the team build the foundation. Y'all win championships. As to me, it's like NBA, you can do that. Baseball, you can do that. Football, not so much. Especially, mm-hmm. especially if you're like a running back or like a left tackle or a center. If they give you the money, you got, you kind of got to take it because yeah. you're not, you're not too sure you're going to be able to get those type of contracts. Like, for instance, the Dak Prescott thing, him fucking his knee, his leg up. Right. Like, I get it as a fan that, damn, you asking for all this money. But when I see what you produce on the field, you don't produce at a high level. So are you really worth the money? I understand that. But at the same time, his leg fucked up. Now they're like, well, damn, you don't have to pay you shit now. Take this. Right. And it's like, it's just, the sport is a very violent sport. So I understand why players want that money. It's just... Just as the NFL. That's why you got to do a Patrick Willis or what was the other guy you say? Tory Smith? Yeah. Just kind of get your money, walk out on your own terms. Right. Yeah, Tory Smith uh, retired. Patrick Willis did that with the uh, 49. He was like, fuck it, I'm done. Walk out on your own. Or Barry Sanders. I've been here for 10 years. We ain't winning shit. <laughs> or Megatron. Because Calvin Jones did the same thing. We ain't winning shit. I ain't going to kill myself for this. Fuck it. I got my money. I'm done. Right. No, I mean, that's... And then you go invest in other businesses yeah. and do other things. That's another thing, because I, I know we talked about this, like, outside of the podcast. The, that's another thing. Players be fucking their money up. Right. <laughs> so it's just like... No, that's what Andre Johnson... That was Johnson that was uh, talking on the podcast, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he pretty much, he got his money. 
Then it was like deuces. Yeah, and now he ain't he, winning shit. I'm yeah, he do other stuff. Yeah, with his money. Um, well, it's crazy that Houston still fuck with him because he's like a consultant to them. I yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, he Remember, he said that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not anymore because he was like the per. They brought. It was, he's basically saying that there's one guy that's, that's pretty much fucking up everything. The yeah, the camaraderie and everything good. Yeah, he is the best Houston um Texan player ever. Yeah, that's Andre Johnson. Yeah. the best Houston Texans ever. Yeah. So, well, that's it for us this week. Uh, check us out on the next episode. We're going to release this on Mondays. Okay. Okay. That works. That works. <laughs> Y'all just heard us agree to that. Um, <laughs> um, check us out on Mondays. Uh, more sneaker news, more sports news, our opinions, hot takes. Um, and see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.